Hello everyone, we are here. It is 2.01 a.m. at Foxborough, uh, in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium. I can't use my words anymore. We'll see how long everyone else can. Uh, we are here in the aftermath of the Chiefs. 43 to 40, first loss of the season to the Patriots. I've got Len Worthy on one side of me. I've got Sam Mellinger on the other side of me, and I've got pizza right behind me. I'm really hungry. I'm probably going to eat some during this broadcast, so judge me if you want. I don't really care. It's a late night. Uh, so we have a lot to unpack tonight. This was a crazy game, probably the best of the NFL regular season, uh, certainly the best one I've watched this season. And while Sam is flipping through the stats, I'm going to ask you if anything has jumped out to you while you're flipping through have anything oh, on your show. That's just, um, we're not actually the, reading uh, the stats. We're going to make them up. Well, I think what, what jumps <laughs> out, though, right, is that uh, that's the worst that Patrick Mahomes has looked as a professional quarterback. And then that's the best that Patrick Mahomes has looked <laughs> as a professional quarterback. We got the whole first five weeks of the season you know, in that game. Oh, my God. That was incredible. He, he, was, he was lost. He was rushed. He was confused. And then he was just a bad ass against that team, we can say that. Uh, you know, the, the dynasty of the 21st century, the biggest platform that regular season NFL has to offer, right? Sunday night, Foxborough, all that stuff. I mean, that, that was an incredible performance. And also, the other thing that I didn't really consciously think about this until I was downstairs going into the locker room, but the defense right now is so horrendous that <laughs> you don't even consider the possibility that they might get a stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, field goals are great. And you just kind of think, like, well, what do you expect? That's the Chiefs defense. Of course they're going to give it up. I think, um, flipping through here, um, all right, the Patriots had basically, they list 12, but basically they had 11 possessions. I'm not counting the the, the one, you know, right at the end of the half. Right. Uh, they basically had 11 possessions. They scored on nine. That yeah. That's not what you want. No, it's not. And, and the two that they didn't score on, one was the first one when the Chiefs got a turnover on downs, which seemed like it was going to be a great start for the game. Like, wow, look yeah. at this. The Chiefs defense got another stop to open the game. Um, and then they didn't. And then there was the <laughs> and then, yeah, then there was the fumble, the yeah. Reeland Speaks forced fumble, yeah. um, which was the highlight of his game. And then it kind of went down to that. They didn't punt the entire game, right? They, nope. They heard, they no punts. There was one punt, and it was by Colquitt. Called the A punt game, which is what somebody on uh, Twitter said. Yeah. The A, what the you A want. punt. No, it's not punt. what you want. A punt. A punt. Whatever. This is what you get with the best Chiefs coverage in the business. Right, guys? Yes, it is. Yeah. We are the best. Um, and. Sounded <laughs> <It's so laughs> good. We're so tired. <laughs> And Vahe's probably asleep somewhere. Just kidding. Vahe's working on a really great column. Lynn, I'll toss that really vague and open-ended question to you. What jumps out to you? I'll repeat it. Don't worry. What jumps out to you as as you were finishing up your, your game coverage, your follow-up story? You did the report card. How about this? Who got the best grade on your report card? Uh, I believe it was probably... I'm going to say it was probably the passing game, even though it was looking like one of the worst grades by about halftime, and then it turned it around. So um, I'm going to have to say it was probably that, or a special team, I can't remember, because they had the big return late, Tremont Smith, and the big return to set up the go-ahead touchdown, which I believe, if I remember right, it was it was the touchdown that gave them a lead for the first time since 3-0 in the first quarter. So it's probably special team, but I'm not going to lie. I can't remember what grades I gave at this point. It <laughs> seems like a long time ago I gave those grades. <laughs> if you gave special teams a good grade, it's with good reason. Tremont Smith, who we'll write about later this week, 
I mean, he's going to get lost in the rest of the things that we talk about tonight because there were so many other elements, but his 97-yard kickoff return is huge, especially when you consider this guy had no idea that he was going to be back there until, like, what, three days ago when DeAnthony Thomas broke his leg, going to be out for a very long time. Likely, I, they haven't said season-ending, but, I mean, that's got to be season-ending. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a guy who we saw doing this in the preseason. We saw him doing this in training camp. He said he has lion speed. It's not quite cheetah speed, but it's close. And I think if he had cheetah speed, he would have finished that off and scored a touchdown because he got caught right at the end. From uh, behind. From behind. Yeah. 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 And he was, no, he, that would be It was good naturedly, but he handled yeah. that a little bit. Right. At least while we were in there. So, yeah, yeah I, I think he's definitely someone that, that we're going to be talking about more and more considering yeah. he, he was. Looks, yeah. He looks like he'll be the return guy now. I mean, with. Yeah, How can he not be? Gone, uh, especially you come through with a return like that. I mean, this is a guy who the previous two weeks wasn't even active, you know, because he had sort of fallen behind to various ward in terms of, you know, one of the corner that was active, the corner who wasn't. Um, and so he hadn't even been active, and then he comes out. And that was, at least especially at that time, um, looked like it was a game-changing play because it set up that go-ahead touchdown. Yeah. And it was definitely the biggest special teams play of the night. So, yeah. And I think he, he's a great way to segue into one of the big things, themes of this game is the replacements. Jordan Smith's replacing DeAnthony Thomas. When we start the game, we already have uh, Jordan Lucas replacing Eric Murray. There's uh, Breland Speaks gets his first career start replacing Justin Houston. On the other side of the ball, there's Jordan Debbie who's replacing Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. And then as the game goes on, by the end of the first half, Jordan Debbie's now moved over to center, and we've got Andrew Wiley in at right guard when Mitch Morse Who's a guy that has had a history with concussions, is out with the concussion, not what you want to see for him. But on the whole, Sam, how did you think the, the replacements kind of stepped in and, and played? I thought they did as well as you could expect, um, which isn't that well. You know, there's just the offensive line, I thought, talk about those guys first, I guess. I thought they held up fine. They, 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 that was great. Um, you know, I was worried about, we talked during the week, uh, LDT is so good in space on those screens. Obviously, it didn't seem to slow down the offense, right? They, they were scoring just fine. The, the biggest difference on from the replacements to me was the lack of pass rush. When you go from, from Justin Houston to Breland Speaks, that's just a huge drop. You know, it, it's, it's a huge drop in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, most specifically the pass rush, but also just Justin Houston is such a diverse talent. Rushes the passer, plays the run. Nobody wants to hear it, but he's pretty good in coverage when he does that too. Um, and, and when you're missing that, you just, you know, there, there's not a replacement that they mm-hmm. can have for that. You know what I thought was interesting was Breland Speaks. I wasn't in the locker room to hear this, but got the alert uh, from the NFL Network on my phone. Breland talking about that sack that it looked like he had of Tom Brady. I mean, he was on him, and then he kind of let go. It was the weirdest thing, and then Brady ran into the touchdown. He said one of the reasons he let up was he thought the ball was out of his hand. He didn't want to get called for rushing, rushing the pa- yeah. roughing the passer, whatever that word is, um, which I thought was really interesting. Also kind of indicative of, of the atmosphere in this league as a whole right now, that these defensive players aren't protected at all. That's not to say that Breland speaks is without blame here, but I thought that was a really interesting thing that, that he was thinking about afterward. Like all he can think is, I don't want to get that penalty. I don't want to get that penalty. And then he makes a mistake like that. And it, I mean, it, it would have held them to a field goal. This game would be a lot different right now. We might be tied. Yeah. You'd still it's like huge. for him to wrap up anyway and worry about the penalty later. Right. You know, 
don't think Justin Houston's letting him go. No. It Justin Houston's also making a lot more money, though. If, you, if, if you're thinking about these fines, yeah, you know, no, I don't know what Real and Speaks is, yeah. you know, yeah. game check is, but... Well, it does... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, Justin Houston's also been in a lot more situations. I mean, like, because for me, and maybe it's just because of the teams that I follow and stuff like that, but um, it made me flash back to Matthias Kinnanuka. I don't know if you remember that one. For the Giants, he had Vince Young wrapped up and let go. And at the time, it went viral. This was, it was back in, like, 06. But at the time, it went viral because Tom Coughlin got right in his face after the play because he had him sacked, let go because he thought he threw the ball. Vince Young ran for a uh, first down. I think they, if I remember right, they ended up winning that game because of, like, they, they had him stopped. He had him wrapped. He let him go. He runs for a first down, yeah. and they end up losing the game. And the fact that Coughlin reacted the way he did right after that got given into his face. And I don't remember if he was a rookie, but I think he might have been, too. Um, it was just, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you hate to say rookie mistake, but I mean, I think that's one of those things where with more experience that we probably don't make that play. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think that that required two things, right? It required him being a rookie, like you just said, and it required the, the point you just made. Mm-hmm. The, the, the environment, the context that these games are being played in is so, I mean, the pendulum has swung so far. Mm-hmm. Some of it is for good reasons. You know, there's a hyper-awareness of, you know, head injuries and all that stuff. But my goodness, I mean, everything is skewed so far against defenders for offensive players that I think you're going to see stuff like this. Yeah, and it's unfortunate, although both Jason and Jordan mentioned that there was a defensive holding penalty on that speaks play anyway, so it may not have mattered that much. I don't remember seeing oh, that. But yeah, okay. flag, oh, Skandrick, I Skandrick was called I blacked holding. out for a lot of that game. I mean, so. so the touchdown might not have happened on that play, but the sack wasn't going to hold up either way. They, right. They'd had first and goal at the one. Yeah, so they would have right. yeah, been first, would've been first down. Um, but the other thing that uh, it was so interesting, too, is he, you know, talking to Speaks, I was there when he was talking afterwards, he also mentioned the whole idea of, like, yeah, well, he said, not only is that, you know, probably going to get called, he's like, we're in New England, it's yeah. Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He's going to get that call. Like speaks you know, flat out, he's going to get that call in New England. So if he throws him down, if he you know takes him to the ground, like and you've seen Tom Brady not so much in this game, but you've seen him before where he sort of embellishes and will literally look at the refs and like what are you not Wait, waiting? For and the flag. sure enough, next time the flag is like they're ready, waiting to pull that one out. So um, he's probably right when he says that. That you know if he. Oh yeah, and he's 100 percent right. They're gonna, they're gonna throw yeah. England, especially in that how tight that situation was. Yeah, they probably throw that play. Well, Larry asked, "Do we think the rules will ever be adjusted back to defensive players and their ability to tackle, not with the head down?" And I don't, I don't know how you correct from from where it is now. I do. I, I think there'll be. I, I, I do think of it like this pendulum. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll ever be like you know the 70s and the 80s. You know, like <laughs> Chuck Cecil is not walking through that door or whatever. But um, I, I think in 10 years, we're going to look back at 2018 and, you know, maybe 2009, however long this goes. I, I think we're going to look back at this. I think they'll, they'll, they'll continue to protect quarterbacks to a certain extent. But, you know, some of these, like, requiring, like, contortions in jiu-jitsu to, like, mm-hmm. you know, bring down the quarterback without getting a penalty for it, it just – it doesn't make any sense. You know? It doesn't. And I think that's uh, another good segue into the penalties tonight. i got to look at the numbers. I know New England's number. They had no penalties. Do you want to go through their penalties real quick? Uh, <laughs> and we're done. That's what Sam was counting earlier. That's why he was flipping so fast. Uh, but the Chiefs had five penalties for 58 yards. I believe Blair, who is operating behind the camera right now, mentioned at the end of the game that the Chiefs are one of the most penalized teams in the NFL, will likely be the most penalized team 
at the end of this, uh, when, when the new numbers come out this week, how much are those penalties hurting the Chiefs? And does it seem like this is something that can be corrected? Is it something that it's a random occurrence? I mean, how, how, what do we kind of make of, of these? Well, and then there were, I mean, like, so the number was like five or 58, but there's still, there was penalties that weren't accepted. I mean, like, right. like that doesn't include the 42-yard penalty on pass interference that was declined because he still made the catch. So, I mean, I mean, there's there are more penalties that, you know, probably could have been called, but because the Patriots were still making plays, it didn't matter. Um, the pass interference ones, I'm, I mean... The simple answer is that's, their, cover that's their pass defense. <laughs> you just got to cover better, but I mean, um, and you know, and the funny thing is, is I'm not sure if you see some of those like two weeks ago because you know now they've added Edelman back, now they got Josh Gordon rolling. So two weeks ago you might not have saw that, but yeah, right now I think you just got to cover better. And now that they're starting to get it's you know, a, a clear, you know, entire of receivers, um, the holding kid who's got speed too. Um, not really sure what your answer is on those specific ones. The ones that usually bother me more, the ones that stand out to me, are like the false stars. The yeah. mm-hmm. those ones are just like so. This, you know, um, being uh, having discipline. I didn't think the penalties for that were, were a problem for them. Like five fifty-eight, Chiefs will take that. Yeah, you know, like you said, like some of those pass interference on those corners, it's sort of like shooters get shot sometimes. Like I mean, <laughs> if you're playing physical defense, sometimes you're, you're going to get a penalty. Uh, one penalty that, that really helped the Chiefs was a block in the back on Frank Zombo that was not called right. on uh, Tremont's missed big kick return. So, you know, look, like I, I think uh, particularly it was the play near the goal line. Chiefs had the ball near the goal line. It was the, the, the third down incompletion of Sammy Watkins, I think, mm-hmm. it was early in the mm-hmm. game. And it looked like Kelsey was, you know, getting the business yeah. uh, a little bit. I don't know if it was – I think some of it was within five – you know, like should have been called. Like that, that could have been a flag there. That was the the biggest miss I noticed that went against the Chiefs. But I don't know. Like I, all in all, the refs weren't the problem here. Okay. It's true. There were a lot of other problems. I think you mentioned Kelsey, which reminds me going into this game, Lynn, you wrote a lot about the tight ends and what a great tight end matchup this was going to be. Looking at these stats, Kelsey targeted nine times, five catches, sixty-one yards. His longest was seventeen. The other side. Gronk was targeted four times, had three catches for 97 yards, the biggest one there being right at the end. Um, I think well, that two of the biggest two, ones those last couple of drives. Yeah. And, um, I remember one of them was like 40 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 42 yards. Yeah. Um, I mean, and he was, again, that's where I feel like the fact that they have Edelman and Gordon now back, you have to make choices on who you're going to sort of, you know, roll the dice with. Mm-hmm. And... It's not a good matchup for Rock. Like I, it just isn't. Sort of the same way. I, I mean, think Josh Shaw isn't the answer. Uh, no, <laughs> he <laughs> might be the answer to something. Just not. Just the not. To not. Not, to that. Not, not the answer. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's. Um, I would have thought Kelsey would have had more, but then also I still think I think back to that first half and that just seemed off. And there were there's at least one overthrow to Kelsey where he was open that if he puts it on him, that's a catch. Um, and it wasn't just Kelsey, but there were there were probably at least three that I can remember that were overthrows that like guys were open, he just didn't hit them. Mm-hmm. But I know for sure one of them was Kelsey that was fairly early. Um, so yeah, I just I, I would have expected more on the tight ends, but you know, again, teams get ready for that. Teams gear up for that. I mean, they probably read your story and said, well, yeah, hey, this, this is going to be the key to the game. We yeah. should focus on that. I want credit for all the pages. <laughs> <laughs> but with Kelsey not, not getting going and, and Mahomes 
being really slow in the first half. Kareem Hunt had a huge game, uh, which seems to happen when he's here in Gillette. It's like he fumbled that one time and paid his dues early, and now he just owns this stadium. He finishes with 10 carries for 80 yards, and then he also had five catches for 105 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Sam, what did, what did you see out of out of Kareem Hunt? What did you like about what he did, and is there anybody else that, that you would like to highlight offensively? He just runs so hard. That's always what I, I – I always just notice how hard he runs and his balance. His balance is incredible. You, you see it both in, in his cuts, and then you also see it when he's headed for the sideline and just refuses. That guy will not go out of bounds unless he is lifted and thrown out of bounds by another human being. You know, the, that play, it was in Denver a couple weeks ago, was, you know, sort of the, the highlight of my mind about that one. I thought he went out of bounds by mm-hmm. foot, you know, just watching live, but somehow he's, he, he keeps his feet in and, and goes down. Those are, those are the things I noticed. And, and he's such a weapon. I mean, obviously, he's led the league in rushing, right? But it just, he, he changes the way that teams can defend the pass, the, the, the way that they can defend the quarterback. Because you can't just concentrate on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and that's enough of a challenge on its own. But you also have to worry about this this kid that's going to just stiff arm you into the ground and then get a fine for it. But still, Kareem Hunt's just playing this season for free, right? Uh, it, it just he changes the way they play, and then running backs can be replaceable. Whatever Evan Spencer wears a good player, had a terrible drop team. Yeah, but you know, still, I think he's. Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K-State, and no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. It's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town. Just eight cents a day or two fifty a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at kansascity.com slash sportspass. Uh, we've had a couple of people mention, uh, John says, can we talk about the $16 million on Watkins and not much action? Which, yeah, I mean, he, he didn't have a big night statistically. He had... A rush at the goal line that I thought was a really weird play call. Like, if I'm there, yeah. you have a bunch of running backs. Sammy Watkins, while he plays like a running back sometimes, that's not that's not the play you want. Um, and then he had two catches, 18 yards. Not much action, but... Is that the same one where they pulled Hunt? Yes, it was. Because yeah, we, all, we all said, what happened yeah, to Hunt? I didn't get that. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, and Andrew mentions they used Watkins mainly as a decoy tonight. It's not on him. That's on the scheme. Which and then Larry says the Watkins signing will be looked at as a mistake. Look, I don't, I don't think that that's Six the case. Yeah, yeah, I was. Gonna, I this this was not a good game for him statistically. Yeah, I think he was used as a decoy. That worked out, but up to this point, it felt like he was really getting in a groove. So I don't think the problem is Sammy Watkins no, at this I, point at all. I think he helps. Yeah, uh, we could we can argue about like the efficiency of the dollars or whatever, mm-hmm. but he helps them. He changes what they can do offensively. Uh, it's 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 weird to me that Sammy Watkins is the one that people are focusing on. Anthony Hitchens has not been worth that one. No, no he hasn't. And right, 
Hitchens and Raglan going into this season, it seemed like they were going to be noticeable difference makers. Yeah. And tonight, the biggest play that Reggie Raglan made was the one where he was in the position to make the tackle. He did everything he was supposed to do to make the tackle, and then it the tackle just didn't happen. Um, we also, incoming. Look at this guy. Look who's here. Hey, buddy. Hi. I don't know if you're in the frame yet, oh. but we have we have five That was, the best, that was the best here. thing I was going to do all night. That little no. look. Well, am I in the frame now? Is our producer you will be. Oh, oh, here you are. You're getting the mic. I'm watching on the delay. Anthony Hitchens, your thoughts? Uh, the one play you guys were just talking about is really my thought. The, um, the Reggie Raglan. He just like bounced off and Raglan was a rag doll. Yeah. Boom. That show up in your column? Put that on Twitter. <laughs> Well, did, but, but speaking of that, you, you were talking to Reggie Raglan. Did, did you talk about that play? Yeah, I mean, he, he's um, <laughs> not that this should or does matter to anybody watching, but um, he's an easy guy to like for us. Like, you know, he's up front. He's accountable. Um, you know, I mean, his thing, uh, I talked to him for two minutes and 18 seconds, and he said, we got to finish seven times. He also said, Ooh. you know, they so say I gotta finish. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. He says <laughs> that he starts also with me. Okay. Wrap up. Uh, get to the ball. Uh, you know, finish tackles. I mean, that's he is super. Like accountability is not the issue um, mm-hmm. with him at all. And I think he genuinely sees himself as something of a leader on the defense, especially right now with with those two guys hurt. Like those are their two leaders, mm-hmm. especially twenty nine, especially the safety. And but without those guys, I think he's sort of. He's not the best player, but it's the most in his personality, mm-hmm. uh, in his person, as the last GM might say, <laughs> uh, for him to be a leader and be that guy. I mean, he's That's trying. That's the best imitation you do, by the way. It's a low bar. I'm damning you with faint yeah, praise. It's a low bar. Uh, but, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, obviously they just they need to tackle. The runs up the middle, can't cover in, can't cover in space. No, it's, they got problems. They do have problems. We've had a couple people ask, how do we think Jordan Lucas did today? Bahe, would you like to answer that? Um, you got some questions. Well, he almost had he almost had that pick mm-hmm. um, and should have had it, but he was. Uh, we were noticing in the press box that he seemed really fired up about breaking up the pass, which makes me reminds me a little bit about the time I batted down a ball coming into the press box during the World Series instead of trying to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> I should have tried to catch that ball. Blair knows that story. Blair, Blair broke his finger by trying to catch a basketball, but at least he caught it. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, <laughs> That was the only that was the only play of his that really stood out to me. I didn't feel like I saw you know what, what stood out to me in the defensive backfield was Kendall Fuller getting burned again. And he had a bad game. And you know, I don't feel like he's made enough I think he's quietly done good things, I think, but I don't think he's he's not made any, you know, difference making sort of plays. Um so he's it's making me feel like right now he's kind of a disappointment. I don't, I don't want to be too caught up in just a moment, but there were two plays tonight. He really was stumbling out of the coverage and the yeah, one the trail in the end zone. Then the what would have been a 42-yard penalty, but it, it turned out they, they waved it off since it was caught anyway. Right. <laughs> so so that, that, that hit me. Um, and, uh, I, you know, it seems like Skandrick uh, still continues his strategy of, of holding a lot and sometimes getting away with it. I... I, I don't I don't I have to isolate on him more. That's a little unfair of me, but I do feel like anytime he's exposed in space, uh, or he's out in space, he's exposed as that. Uh, mm-hmm. So 
maybe every cornerback and, and defensive back runs a lot, and I just, you know, it's something you way with Tyler Lewis, you know. But I don't know, you guys probably already talked about the defensive backs. I mean, what, what, Actually, we haven't. We were saving yeah. it just for you. Well, <laughs> um, well, look, Sam, look at your stat sheet and, and uh, go to the defense. Who were the top? We're going to turn to the defensive. I think Kitchens quietly had more tackles than we realized. Mm-hmm. Two, the two, first two, guys, two guys have been ripped, ended up at the top of the. Kitchens uh, with 14 combined tackles, Lucas with 10, Parker 9, Rice with 7. Yeah, that's surprising. That's a quiet ten from from Lucas. Yeah, I, I, that surprised me. Um, well, I think the segue into Patty Mahomes would be uh, appropriate now. So well, we, we, say, we kind of covered everyone okay. around him. Yeah. And well, what, here's just a thought I have, and, and uh, it's a little bit of what I got into and what I wrote. Um, you, you go down there in that locker room. Um, I didn't. I didn't stay on this point very long, but was that not kind of an upbeat locker room for a team that just lost and uh, yeah. has no way of defending the other team <laughs> were ever you again? In, were you in um, the huddle with Kareem Hunt? He was more chatty and smiling tonight than I've seen him at any point in the locker room, after practice, before practice, after games. Hey, look, it, I mean, well, that that's how I felt, and Tyreek Hill was kind of, you know, uh, Almost bubbly a little bit, and uh, Patrick was sort of exactly the way he always is. A little bit of a sense of humor, reflective, happy to criticize himself. Give you give you a little mm-hmm. bit on that. Uh, I thought it was really honest and good insight on on how that first interception happened. I mean, it was yeah, apparent, right. but the way he he owned he owned it as he does, but he also described it. I think in an interesting way that he really he thought Hightower was blitzing, and he he lost him in the coverage, and Hightower bobbed back out and. Kelsey had beaten his guy, but he didn't count on the extra guy popping mm-hmm. up uh, like a video video game. So, but I guess my broader point here is that the only reason anybody's upbeat is because of obviously what happened in the second half, and and it, it's not all because of Patrick, but a lot of it's because of Patrick. And I feel like my my premise is that he kind of served notice in a different way. That that there's I don't know changing of the guard. I didn't use that term, and I don't know if that's really the right way to look at it, but. It, it, it is interesting seeing him up against Brady in, in kind of a classic game. I think uh, Brady during the week used the term carrying the tools. Yeah. Like he, and he, you know, obviously he was talking about Patrick, but he was talking about just, you know, young guys. Handing to a younger guy, right? Yeah. You used that. That was a kicker in your story the other day, so I thought I shouldn't use it. <laughs> I, I, I was two days ago. I should have asked <laughs> Things die on the internet quickly. Um but that, I think, is is another good point is I can't scroll back up to see who asked it because it was asked a little bit ago, and we've had a lot of comments, so thanks, thanks to you guys for interacting with us. But a couple people have noted that they feel differently after this loss following the 5-0 and start than they did last year. That This doesn't feel like it's the pin popping the, the big bubble, and both of you guys were, were here last year. You remember what that was like. How different does this feel with Patrick there? Uh, the the part that was disheartening about last year was they started 5-0 and and then they come home and they lose to the Steelers in the exact same way that they lost to the Steelers in the playoffs. You know, Le'Veon Bell had 179 yards in one of those games and like 173 in the other one. One of them was like 18-16, the other one was like 18-15. I mean, it was the same freaking game. 
Um, here, they start five and zero. They lose, but they're in this building, and and it feels different in a way. I don't think they've ever lost like this before. You know, like it, it, the the thing. I know I'm repeating myself, but this is a critical point, at least in in the way that I see the Chiefs, is that in the past they had a path. They could get to the Super Bowl with what they had, but everything had to go right. Mm-hmm. And and you know, Alex Smith was. I use this term, but keeping the trains running on time. And if you pushed him off a little bit, they got nothing. How far were the trains off time, you know, here? Especially and in the first half. That 20, guy, 24 to 9 at halftime. That quarterback gives them a margin for error that they literally have never had in their franchise history. You know, like I wasn't around for Lynn Dawson, but it doesn't seem like they were airing it out this way. You know, like I just, they've never had that guy. That to me is the difference. That, that, look, that, that to me is too, and 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 you know, to the point where, and I, and I saw this on our Twitter's where our only engagement uh, with the outside world during during the game. I felt like a number of Chiefs fans felt like, well, it's, it's not over. I, I I normally, you know, in years past, I'd switch. Uh, that was one comment I saw. You know, I, I'd be looking at other options on TV right now, but but they they stayed, and and you really do realize. Just score a touchdown, and and the, the complexion of the game changes, and uh, and that's exactly what happened. And suddenly, of course, I guess they did force one field goal, right? That was the defensive feed, and they never did force <laughs> never did force a punt, but they created a couple opportunities. The turnover, yeah, that, yeah, that was that was that was big. Um, but it, you feel like I feel like anyway, any anything becomes possible, even with this defense being what it is. I feel like anything is possible with this team. And, and I don't feel like you would feel that any less after this game than you would have coming into it. Patriots became the first team in NFL history to not punt or commit a penalty in the game. Not wow. commit a penalty or you call for a penalty? Well, well have a penalty on, the, on their ledger. Yeah, because they, and, and they, they were called. The they won, yes, and they needed a field goal to get on the yeah. last play. To the Chiefs are now 15 and a half. Get one stop. One yeah. stop in the second half. And well, come back and take the lead. And it's now, what, four starters right. down, basically, yeah, um, with, with uh, yeah. um, the injury of Mitch. Yeah. I was going to say, because I mean, that's the other thing. I think that's part of the reason why there's some upbeatness, because it's like one play, basically, could have switched this thing. Cause I'm, because, I mean, without having to ask everybody, I'm pretty sure if you ask them, they figure if they get a stop and they get the ball back, they're all assuming that they're going to go down and be able to score. That's exactly what Kareem Hunt said. He said, okay. this felt like a game where whoever had the ball yeah. last was going to yeah. win. And he said, if it was us we would have won this game. I feel like this was the college equivalent of the games that, that Patrick played in at Texas Tech. Yeah, he's he's like, this is exact. That's probably why he was so chill after the game. He's like, man, this was my entire college career. I know all about like putting the team on my back and then having the defense let me down. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's exactly their mentality. They felt like if they had had any more time, um, there was the one score, was it right before... Tyreek Hill's touchdown, where I was like, just go ahead and let him get in. I mean, if there was any more time on that clock. Yeah, the big play down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Because they stopped. Like, Gronk had one other big play, but they ended up holding to a field goal on that one, mm-hmm. which still means, you know, they come back and tie it. But the last one was the one that just sort of, you know, just set up the, the game-winning field goal and, and put it out of reach. But So basically, if you could stop Gronk one, to- one more time, or, you know, play that one a little bit differently, get to Brady, whatever. Come up with one more stop, then they probably feel like 
we get the ball, yeah. we're gonna score. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just the way that you know Mahomes brings that. Like you said, coming back to Mahomes, yeah, he brings yeah. that where it's like one more stop, yeah, go score. Mm-hmm. This is a point worth making. I think that that all around the locker room, and I spent most of my time, all my time, on the defensive side of that locker room, but I'm assuming on the offensive side, they were saying similar things as you heard. We're gonna see them again. We expect yeah. to see them yeah, yeah. over yeah. and over and over again. Mahomes well, said it to Brady on the field. Yeah, that's um, a reason. Yeah, that this one feels different. Uh, that quarterback is a reason. Uh, they have like we can all make jokes about Eric Berry's you know day to day and Justin Houston being hurt again, and some of those jokes will be funny. But <laughs> they still expect both those guys to be back. And if those guys are back, <laughs> that defense is fundamentally different. Mm-hmm. And the margin right now without those guys was. Razor. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it was super thin. So they have. There's no moral victories, but they also have two. This is important too. They're, they're five and one. The Patriots are now four and two, mm-hmm. right? So and, and the Chiefs' schedule. They got the Bengals. That's a tough game, but uh, they're on the Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, their schedule uh, loosens up a little bit in the second half, and they already have the sort of inside track for home field advantage. They just. Again, there's no moral victories, but they have a lot of reasons to feel like this isn't the end. Well, and I think if we all go back and look at the score predictions that we made the beginning of the season, none of us had the Chiefs at 5-1 at in this point. I mean, I I think maybe at best we had somebody might have had 3-2 three and two, or 3-3. Three and three. I think I four and two. Yeah, I think What's I had math? a three and three, and I had a ten and six. Or I was told there was no math in sports writing. I was wrong. Somebody hey, um, lied. One, one thing that it, it, it's worth speaking to for a second, if, if we, if you guys haven't already spoken to it, but this came up a lot on Twitter, and we sort of talked about it among ourselves. But did you guys get to address uh, Andy's decision to just go for a just back to kick the extra point when they cut it to twenty-seven, twenty-six? Well. We were talking about it in there, and there were, there were some people uh, critical of it, but you're taking the bat out of your hands if you're not careful there, and, and Blair explained it best. I mean, bottom line is, you're, you know the Patriots, you're, you're, you're accounting for the fact that Patriots probably going to score another touchdown. So if you do not convert the two points there, you're, you're looking at, you're, you're making it a two-score game when it would just be a one-score game. So I think that's Player, would you add to that? Or would you, that's I mean, it's really a difference between an eight, you know, yeah. eight points and nine points. Possibility, possibility yeah. of yeah. eight or nine. Yeah. And also, it's too early. I mean, it, it's, it was still the third quarter. The game it, was the third quarter. it was 27-26. The final score is 43-40. to 40. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the one part of it, I'm open to the argument that the calculus changes when you have that offense and that defense and, and those play calls that seem very gadgety and able to get, you know, the three yards. Like, I'm open to that argument, but... I also think like once you chase points, if you don't get it, you're going to be chasing them all game. And and it seems like yeah. just watching football it just seems like when teams start doing that in the third quarter or whatever, they end up regretting it a lot more often than, than they don't. That's what it seems like. I, that's completely anecdotal. How many how many two point plays do you think they have for any game? Do you think they they've got three? They got seven? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one. Andy probably has. 54. <laughs> <laughs> he might be inventing them on the sideline during the game. That would not shock me. By the way, Abby mentions that her big takeaway from this game was that the Chiefs belong. That more than anything. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. That was the, the lesson here. Um, and because it's 235, Jordan, big thanks to you. You want to know our final thoughts. So we're going to wrap up with our final thoughts. Well done, Jordan, so Jordan. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're the winner. I don't know what you're going to get, but you get our eternal gratitude. 
Um, so yeah, let's wrap up with some final thoughts. Uh, we've had a bunch of people asking about trades and possibility of, of guys that Beach could add. So if you want to include any of those in your final thoughts, or if you just want to get out of here and go to bed and make it short and sweet, and we'll hit the road back to Quincy. Bye, hey, we'll hit it with you. Boy, final thoughts. That, that suggests I had previous thoughts. Um, <laughs> No, just look. I, I, it, it's we've already said this, but it, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know why you'd be too discouraged by this. We don't, and I also don't think, in a way, I think we refined what we knew about Patrick Mahomes, and we just confirmed what we know about the defense. And Sam, everybody's been saying, but Sam's been saying it specifically since early on. This, this defense will cost them a game or two here and here and there. Um, but it, it's about getting yourself positioned for the playoffs. I think we can talk that way legitimately. This is, this is. Uh, uh, a learning experience for them. I, I think they'll be better off for this overall. Patrick will be. And uh, I hope they do get to play this team again. Yeah, they need um, – the the defense is is obviously a huge problem. And they're going to need – save you a click. This is what I wrote in my column. Uh, if, if, if Pat <laughs> keeps playing like this, um, they also need to add somebody from the outside. And I think they probably will. Probably a safety, maybe a linebacker. They need those two guys to be healthy at the same freaking time in the postseason. And the guys they have right now need to be better. Like Reggie Ragland needs to not like I, I love accountability, but you know, after like the Seahawks game or whatever that's on December twenty third, if he's still talking about we need to tackle better, that's a huge problem. It's on the trade front, I guess the thing that always bothers me is people always talk about who you're trading for. But what are you trading and who, I mean, it's not like you just, you know, oh, yes, this person, this team is wanting to maybe get rid of this guy. We'll just take that from him. <laughs> you realize the trade would require you to send something there that they want, that they had agreed to. And maybe it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll trade that. But we want to take, uh, you know, that Tyreek Hill guy whose contract isn't that bad. We're going to take him. You know? So let's keep that in mind when everybody starts throwing out, oh, yes, they're going to just trade for this, you know, Patrick Peterson or whatever. Sounds great. <laughs> um, and for me, I think, I guess, and I don't know if they have anybody who's going to be that big-time guy, but sometimes I think the team that you have, when you when you have guys who still have upside left, sometimes that might be the best trade that you have as somebody who's making progress and getting better. I just don't know if there's anybody who's going to make a big leap. But I think it's, you know, whether it's the guys like Speaks or Nadi or Tremont Smith who maybe can make some plays for you because they're still just sort of getting their feet wet. Um you know, to me, that would be one of the areas where you look for stuff. And then, I mean, if there, you know, if there's guys are out there to be had, like on the street or, you know, stuff like that, on that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're at right now. We're just looking, just Revy, just cruising yes, Kansas City, looking for athletic people yeah, on the street. Streets. Hey, if that's, I mean, <laughs> that might be the other, but I just don't know that it's counting on all the trades or somebody else. Plus, the guys that you get back from injury, they I'm with you. Uh, I think my final takeaway is I'm excited to see more of Jermon Smith. I, I mean, I love special teams. I love big plays. And what he did tonight, I think, is just a preview of what we're going to see more. Um, and on that note, Blair is hovering behind the iPad. He's ready to go to bed. We're ready to go to bed. Y'all are definitely ready to go to bed. So we'll catch you later this week. We'll be back on Wednesday because for now we are on to Cincinnati.